Hi, this is Reverend Tommy, and I'd like to welcome you back to the garden where we explore the big questions about life. I invite you to open your minds and be receptive to seeing things differently. So let's get metaphysical. Well, today's lesson um, is lesson three in a series of questions, topics about metaphysics that are interpreted from the unity new thought perspective. The first lesson was, what is God? The second was, what is man? And this third is, what is the universe? Or more specifically, what is the nature of the universe? Because all the lessons were dealing with the nature of the topic. That is what metaphysics, from a strictly philosophical point of view, is about. Do you remember the two definitions were of metaphysics? What is ultimately out there and what is it like? What is its nature, in other words? So as a broad overview, these three lessons can be summarized as who are we, what are we, and now where are we? And so, uh, okay, first slide. <laughs> yes, we're on planet Earth. That is true. We know that. But the question is, where is planet Earth? And then, of course, if you step a little bit further out, well, it's in the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, and it's, I don't know exactly where, but it's out in the out, outer area somewhere of the Milky Way galaxy. And if you go further out still, um, then you will get a picture of what is referred to as Hubble Deep Space. This is a picture of the Hubble telescope has taken of the furthermost region of space that we can photograph at this point. This is essentially as close to the beginning of the universe as we can determine at this point. This photograph, as you can see, is a cluster of galaxies just galaxies upon galaxies, they are 14 billion light years away from here. That is a long ways from here. So where are we, was the question. The, quest, the answer is, we're in this infinite vastness that is the universe. But here's the strange thing. Vast as it is, somehow we can sort of relate to the whole idea of this vastness so let me try to put something, this in perspective for just a minute, because perspective is really key to all this. I have this little bag of sand, okay? It is roughly, I measured it, it's about an inch and a half by two. So it's about three square inches of sand. I would like someone to please take this home with them and count the grains in here. And No, no, I'm serious. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, uh, because, uh, and then next time, when I do the next lesson, I'll tell everybody how many grains were in here, okay? Because it is a finite number. It really is. I mean, there's a specific number in here, okay? So let's put this in perspective. You've heard the phrase, we are but a grain of sand in the Sahara Desert. Well, that's the Sahara Desert right there. You know how big it is? I didn't know how big it was. I had to look it up. It is 3.6 million square miles. And, and God knows how deep it is, you know. So imagine the, the grains there. You want to try to count those? But, but, but even though it, it's a huge number, it is a finite number. 
as strange as it is, it's still a finite number because it's contained in a certain area and it's on this planet. Therefore, it makes it a finite number. Huge as it is. You know, in contrast, space is not a finite thing. As far as we can tell, it's infinite. So anyway, as I was saying, as big as this thing is, we can somehow relate to this. Let me do a little experiment. Consider yourself one of those grains of sand there in the desert. And because in, in the grand scheme of the cosmos, you're, that's what we are, the earth, a little, a little grain in the middle of the stuff. And that's putting it mildly, really, because as I said, this is a finite number, whereas the universe is not a finite thing at all. And so the question is, how are we even remotely able to grasp such an idea as this vastness? Well, to put the question simply, how can something so small grasp something so big? And the only answer to that is that our consciousness is not contained in that grain of sand. It's not contained in this body that you are seeing before you now. It cannot be. It cannot be contained. Science has no clue, no clue what consciousness is, let alone where it is, okay? So do you remember before in one of the other lessons I had told you that the power that moves the universe is the same power that moves your heart. Well, I submit to you this, that the consciousness that is in you and the consciousness, consciousness that is in me is the same consciousness that is in the entire universe. You see, there's not my consciousness and your consciousness. There's just consciousness. And consciousness is like God type thing, that it is outside time and space. So the way that we can relate to it is that because it's outside of time and space, big, small, that doesn't mean anything. It's all the same thing. So that's how we're able to relate to such a thing. Recently, I came across this um, description, this unfolding of our consciousness as consciousness becoming aware of itself. So what does that mean? It means what I said. One day we look around and say, where am I? How did I get here? At the personal level, it is you becoming aware of you, me becoming aware of me. Now, that doesn't make us two different things, two separate things, I should say. Remember, there's that distinction. Separation, differentiation is not separation. So we can be different and yet still not be separate. And this is the mother of all paradoxes. Last time, I mentioned, as above, so below. And the idea of a fractal. Now, if you don't remember about that, that's a fractal. And as you can see, basically, it's a repetitive pattern. That the smallest thing is identical to the largest thing. And that is exactly what we are. We are fractals of God. We are images exact images of this huge idea of God. So we're becoming aware of ourselves. Now, consider this analogy that occurred to me as I was putting this lesson together, because it's no coincidence, as above, so below. So we are, as humans, are experiencing this very same thing. Next time someone 
in your family has a baby. Take note of this. My wife pointed this out to me a long, long time ago. And it came back to me. I said, that's very true. You know, the baby is like, they're in autopilot, basically. They, go to, they, they eat, they sleep, and they go to the bathroom, right? That's it. That's their, they're on autopilot. And then one day, one day out of the blue, she says, they, they just look and say, what is this? All of a sudden, you get that. And, like, and that's how we, well, do you remember the movie, uh, the, um, the Planet of the Apes, the most recent one? Well, when they took Caesar out on the, on the, on the leash, and, and Caesar saw that dog, you know, he was on a leash, and Caesar looks at his, and he's, he's completely, like, really good at sign language. He, you know, he, he signs to the, 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 the guy, he says, is Caesar a pet? And he says, no, Caesar is not a pet. So, see, Caesar was asking the same question. What, what is Caesar? What am I? And so if you're a seeker of the truth, then that is, is exactly where you are. You are at that point of your spiritual development that, like that child, have, you're coming out of that autopilot mode and, you know, and, and you're saying, like, where, where am I? What is going on here? And, and we become responsible and we take the wheel. We take the wheel of our own lives. Now, it's not Jesus take the wheel, as, as Carrie sings. It is you take the wheel because Jesus has his own wheel. You know that little comment about uh, everyone has their own cross to carry? Well, that's what it means. You know, we, we have our own wheel to, to, to take control of, our own lives to take control of. So there is a lot to cover in this lesson, and I finally came to the conclusion that, all right, I'm going to have to do it in two parts because it's not going to work. It's just too much. You see, because what I'm dealing here with is not so much the nature of the universe, but the nature of man's changing understanding of the nature of the universe. Because the universe has stayed fairly con and I'm, of course the universe is changing, everything is changing. The universe has remained fairly constant over the time that man has been here, but man has changed quite a bit. Now Michael two weeks ago was referring to the Lessons in Truth, chapter 12, where Reverend, uh, I mean uh, Dr. Katie says that man is looking through various holes in a wall and each hole gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and it does, you say, oh, no, this is my understanding of the world. It is what I have. See, one time, many years ago, in my smart aleckness, I created this little thing. I don't know why, it just came to me. I found this beautiful jar. I said, oh, perfect. So I made this thing that says absolute truth. You see? I, 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 I have absolute truth in my possession. <laughs> so, and so we are expanding like that. So man has changed a lot. And this describes, this change describes what we've gone through all these years. Now, I didn't even know how many years that was, really. I had to look it up. And, and depending on what you look up, uh, it says homo, homo sapiens have been around 300, 400,000 years. But there are skeletal remains that go back about 6 million years of some sort of pre-man or whatever. And I am not going to get into Free man evolution, and not even going to go there at all today. So anyway, <laughs> uh, early man, let's take a look at early man for a second. Just to, again, we're dealing with perspective here. Early man's universe 
like the hole in the wall in uh, uh, Dr. Katie's analogy, was very small. Maybe contained a 30 square, uh, you know, radio, uh, a radius of maybe 30 miles or something, whatever they could tra traverse in. They lived their entire life and everything in that one little, that was their universe. Whereas our universe has changed quite a bit. Uh, think about technology-wise, um, the last 200 years, I was talking to my, ben, my friend Ben there about that one night, and uh, how much we've changed just in the last 200 years since electricity came along. Our technology has gone through the roof. So this brings me to this topic of uh, the physical universe. And I really like this because one of the things I love about unity and new thought is that it has always sought to reconcile the physical universe with the non-physical universe. That's why I came across this sign, and I thought it was very interesting. And if you notice, the, the, the uh, Daily Word also said, I will pray with my mind and I will pray with my spirit. Well, this one says, follow your heart, but take your brain. So see, this is part of what this um, coming together of religion and science is all about. Now, the question is, why do we need to reconcile the two? And the reason is because we separated them. We, we decided that one was one and, and one was another. And, and that's not true. Not if everything is one. So we have to come up with an explanation. You see, life is a puzzle, and um, the physical universe is part of this puzzle. And this one just came out yesterday. <laughs> I told Myrna, Myrna, find the cover to Moody Blue's Question of Balance and stick it in there. Because you know what? It is a question of balance. It is a questioning of balance, the material world with the non-material world, because we are in the material world right now. We are. Remember what Jesus said? Jesus said, I am in this world, but not of this world. That's what he said. So if we're not from here, then what are we doing here? Unity says we're having a human experience. A human experience. But why? Uncle Tommy says that we're in this world because there's chocolate and there's ice cream. <laughs> and carrot cake. And carrot cake. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You know how you will go long distances? I mean, I will drive out to the island to daddy's just to have their gumbo and their grilled shrimp. That's how good it is. I will go out there. Well, this is the world of form. This is the physical universe. And that's why we came here, because that's what it is. And you can't get chocolate and ice cream anywhere else. So back to the original question. What is the nature of the universe? Do you remember, in a previous lesson I told you, part of what man is, is a storyteller. We are storytellers. That's how we pass on information. We've always been storytellers. So let me tell you a story. This story is in two acts, is in two parts for now. It's the old story and the new story. The summary is this. We have an old scientific story and we have an old spiritual story. And in that story, one has nothing to do with the other. They're completely separate. This is how the vast majority of people believed then 
And most of the people even now believe that story. I remember one time I, I wrote an uh, article to the paper, and they printed it in the editorial about the reconciliation of science and religion. It's the first thing I ever wrote out there. And I got this Sunday school teacher lady said, oh, no. And several people said, oh, no, no. Science is science, and it's provable, and this and that and the other, and religion is just myth or whatever, and that you'll never be able to put the two together. It's like, well, that's how most people think. Now, let's fast forward. 21st century. Now, there's a new scientific story, and there is a new spiritual story. It's the same old spiritual story, but it looks new now. And interestingly enough, these two stories have a lot in common. They have a lot. And furthermore, the more that we learned, the more they have in common. That perceived gap between science and religion is disappearing. Now, this is what we teach here at Unity. I'm not saying it belongs to us. I am saying we agree with it, and this is what we teach. Um, so for the rest of, of this lesson, I'm going to stay focused on this new understanding of the universe. Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. You know what that means? Leave the past in the past. Because otherwise, you're stuck in the past. So life is going forward. Either you're going to go forward with it or not. Or what are you going to do? Let the dead bury the dead. So to start this part of the lesson, I have to say that it is paramount, and paramount means at the top of the list, to define what the really big difference is between that old story and the new story. On the broadest terms, the difference is that the old story is built on a paradigm of separation, whereas the new story is built on a paradigm of oneness. Now, paradigm is a fairly new term, and I, had to, I looked it up just to be sure. I know I, I know I have a certain thing in my mind. It says, a model that forms the basis of something. So when man believed that the, that the earth was flat, that was a paradigm of understanding. That's what the word paradigm means. So what does a paradigm of oneness mean? It means that at the most fundamental level, everything is connected. Nothing is separate nor independent of anything else. As the saying goes, man is not an island. Next photo, please. This is interesting because Myrna brought this in on Wednesday, and I saw, Myrna, this is beautiful because this exactly explains what I'm going to be talking about, about this distinction that I was just telling you about. What does he say? He says, this is Einstein. There are two different conceptions about the nature of the universe. Now, what did I just finish saying about one's connected, one's not connected? Number one, the world is a unity dependent on humanity. Two, the world as a reality independent of the human factor. All right? So, all science believed that the observer was separate from the observed. And all religion believed that man was separate from God, that we were separated from God. And that would be uh, independent of factor. Yeah, number two. That it's independent of humanity. And, and new scientists say, quantum physics, new science came along and shattered that thing and says, no, that is not true. It is, it's number one. The, the, the environment is shaped by 
our observation of it. So we've come to this understanding that the observed is not independent of the observer. It has been proven. Braden says consciousness alters, creates what is being seen. Let me offer you this explanation from a book from Lynn McTaggart called The Field. This one I'm going to have to read very carefully. The Quest for the Secret Forces of the Universe is the name of the book, The Field. She says this. Another marvelously puzzling paradox about physical reality is that it technically doesn't exist. This zero-point field is an ocean of microscopic vibrations in the space between things, a state of pure potential and infinite possibility. Particles exist in all possible states until disturbed by us, by observing or measuring, at which point they settle down at long last into something real. In other words, reality exists on a need-to-exist basis. Everything is everywhere all the time, and our minds pluck things out of the cosmic soup and sort them into time and space, thus creating what we assume to be reality. Wow. Really. Matthew 8.13 says, Go your way and let it be done to you as you believe. OMG, oh my good, oh my goodness. We create, we create by choosing. It's all, that's why it says in the Bible, all things are possible. Because all things are possible, as she just said. It's just this stuff. It's almost like stem cells. My wife told me, she's a biologist, uh, about stem cells. It's just this stuff. And it, what do you want me to be? And the consciousness is the one that forms it. This is a huge difference in how we see things and how tradition. Because, we, by, because of this choosing and because we form things, therefore we are in control of our lives. You see where this is going? So, let me ask you something very, very, very important here. And I want you to think about it really, really well. If we are created in God's image and in his likeness, that means that, one, we are eternal, like God, like that fractal a little while ago. And it also means that we are creative by nature. So we are eternal and we are creative. Now, add to that free will. Then the question is, how can it be that we are not in control of our lives? Because it's through our choosing, through what we form. And so the big difference between the old story and the new story is that we're not victims of the environment. We are co-creators of the universe. But here's the catch. We must lay claim to that inheritance. We must believe it. Jesus... I've told Ben this. You look at all the stuff when he's, when he's healing people and stuff. What does he always say? Do you believe? And he says, yes, Lord, I believe. And then he says what Matthew says. Go along then and be it done to you as you believe. Wayne Dyer says, remember before I told you about the, well, you have everything backwards. Wayne Dyer says, 
It's not, we always say, I will believe it when I see it. Wayne Dyer says, no, it's the other way around. He said, I will see it when I believe it. Then it'll come to pass. I don't know how quite to get you to understand this, but this is a revolutionary and all-empowering idea that we must all take to heart if we are ever, ever going to be expressions of the Christ light. We must understand that, as I said with the captured angel, we are these all-powerful beings, but we are chained. Nobody chained us. We chained ourselves. We chained ourselves through our limiting, our limited understanding of things and by placing limits on things and saying, this is how God is. This is how that is. We don't know how they are. I think I made that point with the Sahara Desert. We can't even imagine that, let alone what God is. So accept what you can accept and, and move on with that idea. But do not accept limitation. And that's what we shall do because that is the truth that shall set you free. Now, there's a lot more to talk about this nature of the universe because we are here and we are trying to make sense of it so that we can improve our life. That's where the practicality of it comes into play, so that we can use it. It's like how, like I told Nancy, it's like we do, we're discovering electricity right now, but we don't know how to harness it yet. My wife says, oh, yeah, you know all this stuff? How come you can't do that? Said, wow. <laughs> well, you know, it's like I, I said, well, it's because I just found a piano. And I said, wow, look at this piano. It's cool. Does that mean I can sit there and play it because I found it? No. That means I have to sit there and work at it. And it's the same with this stuff. It is the same thing. So in the next, next lesson, I will pick up this theme, and I need to talk about the idea of who created this universe. Oof. Amen. Adios.